0: Hey, this is Seamus. I read Lord of the Rings once. This is Caleb. uh, I have hobbit feet. (laughs) (laughs) This is Silmer Idiots. Welcome back to Silmer Idiots. This is a blue-collar take on Tolkien. Uh, Since last week, a lot of stuff has happened. Um, We actually, you know, we talked about Shadow of War... Uh, a little bit. I talked about Shadow of Mortar. I actually started playing it. It's really fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We'll probably get into that a little bit more. So uh, yeah, what have you, been, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, I have not played Shadow of War because my Xbox is broken, and I haven't gotten it fixed yet. So <laughs> basically, I have just been up to the normal stuff: going to work, doing stand-up, mm-hmm. not doing research for this show. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, uh, we
1: pretty much abandoned
0: that after, like, episode three. Yeah, yeah,
1: you guys aren't into the research and the facts. That's not why you're here. You don't want
0: to learn. You want to hear us talk. Um, At least that's what we tell ourselves. Um, Kind of of something I wanted to touch on is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, obviously, we're both big fans of him. Uh, He... Was close friends with another author, uh, C.S. Lewis, actually. Another big name in the, uh, I, I guess you could say, high fantasy realm. Yeah, he um, was obviously, he wrote several books, um, but his big, probably his most notable work that he did, at least in fiction, was um, was uh, the Chronicles of Narnia that he's yeah. known for. Uh, that's like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and all those. Uh, and yeah, uh, they actually went to uh, college together. Yeah.
1: They um, both were uh, teachers at Oxford. Yeah, the the thing about C.S. Lewis that that really stands out for me, he's kind of one of the first that I've seen where it takes, uh, you know, what's very popular today is you take kids that are in normal everyday situations and now all of a sudden they're in Hogwarts, or they're right. Greek gods, or they do this, or they do that. Right, 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 very popular model for for novels today, especially fantasy novels. Right. So uh, I'm sure there was other examples of it before Lewis, but I think that was one of the first ones that came along. One of the that first idea. Like, popular ones, yeah. Yeah, it took that idea of taking everyday kids and putting them into that kind of a situation, and therefore making it a little bit more relatable for young mm-hmm. adult readers. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's kind of an interesting trope, yeah. yeah. The, the the whole,
1: like, almost, uh, you know... But a it lot wasn't of... a trope then. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> he uh, initiated it, yeah. He initiated it, he started in it, and it was really successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of those books, you know, that come out now are still very good when they follow along that model. Right. And it was more directed, I think, toward children in particular. Right, right, right. Not not to say that Tolkien's work wasn't and that C S Lewis's work was only directed that no, way. Yeah, they, they yeah. both kinda went back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit, but I feel like Lewis's was more directed toward that that demographic yeah, that that speci-
0: the the um the Narnia books in particular were really specifically geared toward children while tolkien uh he kind of wrote just general fantasy he just wrote he wrote he, wrote, he yeah. kind of wrote for himself i think a lot of the times i mean he he wanted to appeal to an audience but a lot of the times he wrote but he wanted to write it seems
1: he he wanted to take what he had well it's the same thing with lewis he, yeah. he wrote what he wanted to write yeah, yeah yeah but he just wrote it in a way that put it put the kids into the context of the story mm-hmm. um You know, and maybe that was, uh, maybe it was for marketing himself better, or maybe it was just what he wanted to do. Maybe he had that, you know, inner child that he wanted to explore and wanted to, you know, develop more into stories and stuff like that. Maybe that's what he associated best with. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I don't, you know, know. I'm sure if you look at interviews and stuff like that you go back and read, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can uh, figure out more about it. Yeah, but uh, just, we don't know a lot about just it. Just based but... off of my personal, just looking at it and judging it. Just
0: kind of the first glance type thing, and you yeah. know, it what...
1: seems like his was uh, definitely an an attempt to be more marketable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, Tolkien did that, but just in a different way. Yeah, you know, by making the hobbits these little lowly creatures, mm-hmm. he kind of. Directed his work more toward the everyday person the everyman. You know? Yeah, the that's everyday.
0: kind of what it was But he also didn't make them the ultimate heroes of the story. either. Mm-hmm. that's another mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. kind of a lot of modern uh, Books tend to do is make this one kind of almost general almost average person the hero. Of yeah work.
1: Lewis's work seemed a lot more linear mm-hmm um, Yeah, it did even though he did like time jumps, which was <laughs> very yeah, he kind of non-linear. had linear yeah, but um his work was definitely a lot more linear in the sense that it was one key straight down the pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what's going on. Here's your protagonist. Here's your antagonist. Here's And uh, whereas you see in Tolkien's work, I think you see a lot more of that inner struggle. Now, in Lewis's work, especially Lion Lionel's in the Wardrobe, you see, like, uh, betrayal. And you yeah. see uh, <clears throat> people getting drawn toward the bad side and all that other stuff. But uh, I just think Tolkien's develops the individual stories of right. each character. Mm-hmm. More, which I mean, character development is his thing. So
0: yeah, Lewis kind of does focus a little bit more on character development. I I feel like slightly more than Tolkien. Tolkien is more on scenery. I I feel like yeah, and uh, n- I'm not saying Tolkien doesn't write amazing characters. He does, but I feel like y- you can almost put a face more to a lot of Lewis's characters, like the the Pevensey kids and mm-hmm. uh, the White Witch and things. Uh, with, with with Tolkien. He really likes to focus, I mean, he focuses on the, on the characters, but he likes to focus on the scenery a little bit more than than uh, Lewis did, I think.
1: Yeah, but I also think that Tolkien's work developed on the individual character story more. Right. As opposed to being a part of a grander scheme kind of thing, mm-hmm. where, where, where Lewis did. I think Tolkien developed uh, each individual character along their own little path, you know. Because even though Frodo and Sam were with each other the entire time, they had two totally different journeys. Yeah. You know, this is just going off of like The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, obviously. Right. Like going I mean, to all the other side works. And then, of course, with with Lewis, I'm not a big expert on Lewis whatsoever. You know, I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think mm-hmm. I read another one. I think Prince Caspian. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. yeah, yeah I read I that read one. Prince Caspian, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. The, the ones they made movies off of. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean,
0: honestly, they're really good. Um, They he has a lot more books in that series, and he also has other works that he did. He likes a lot of uh, Lewis's books. Kind of go into theology as well, like uh, Mm -hmm. well, obviously, uh, even just with the Narnia books, you have Aslan being like the analog for uh, God and things, kind of pretty explicitly, as opposed to Tolkien. Yeah, his Um,
1: his allegories were very allegory. Yeah, very (laughs) direct allegories. Yeah, 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 they uh, they were. A lot... I don't even know if it was necessarily... It was subtle enough... Yeah, I mean... Where you could watch it and be like... Okay, yeah, it wasn't distracting. I don't think Tolkien's allegories were necessarily... Direct allegories. I think they were more... Inspiration.
0: Intentionally left to be open...
1: Yeah. To interpretation.
0: I feel like... I mean you're gonna you're gonna take inspiration from a lot of things uh mm. like as an author as a as an artist in general you take inspiration mm. nothing is truly original you take something tweak it and make it something else that's what uh, you do yeah. and since that you know obviously uh they were both actually tolkien and lewis were both uh a part of christianity so a lot of a lot of different things will they will take inspiration from that uh they will take in like you can see that um inspiration in tolkien's work <laughs> but yeah a lot of tolkien's that allegories i think weren't necessarily allegories but like he took story elements from things he knew and he was inspired by them was Now they were
1: still the layout of the story were still very much allegorical okay uh, because it's a journey and there's right. an end goal and there's this and there's that uh, all the things that you see within. An, al- an allegory right yeah, I yeah, yeah. um i mean star wars is allegorical <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, every story is to a certain extent so
0: like they take that template known as the hero's journey and they place it yes on there it, yeah exactly I so, to,
1: so to so to accuse someone of or not accuse, but to say someone's work is an allegory would be basically anything you yeah know what I mean? anything
0: would be i guess technically an allegory but yeah it seems like but I mean, there's
1: some authors that are a lot less that way you know there's not a lot uh i don't, I don't know i'm not going to go into it because i feel like i'm going to try to describe something and someone who knows a lot more about it is going to correct me on the issue
0: <laughs> yeah i see i know what you're saying a lot of people tweak it but it seems like that general concept yeah. is there and i, I no.
1: both of their inspirations were definitely because they were students at oxford mm-hmm. they definitely drew a lot of inspiration from Anglo-Saxon mythology, Celtic mm-hmm. mythology. Uh, I think Tolkien more along the lines of Anglo-Saxon mythology, mm-hmm. whereas Lewis, I think, maybe drew a lot more from Celtic mythology, just right. based off of the characters that you see within the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've also got Greek mythology and and other things that they that you can see where they where they would pick and choose different things that they wanted to go along. But uh, Tolkien seemed a lot more strictly along the lines of Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. and uh, Germanic and Nordic mythology. And, um,
0: yeah and the focus on their um, on their writings is a little different as well like Lewis actually more was a fan of the literature of that mythology he was, yeah. like the actual like the stories yeah and that's that you know that can be seen by how he creates his characters and everything. And then Tolkien actually he, he preferred using uh, he was more he preferred studying linguistics as opposed to uh-huh. the literature. Yeah. and that's kind of a key difference between their writing styles as well because you see that in all the languages he wrote and all yeah, the, the different course. poetry and everything that he wrote he 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 preferred the linguistic aspect of mythology yes. and creating the languages and things you don't see that as much in lewis's writings but you do see it in Tolkien's. that's another thing that
1: yeah uh lewis was definitely more about the uh the direct story uh, this mm. is definitely a, here's the world i'm going to build it up I'm I'm gonna support it as much as I need to to yeah. get the point across. Yeah. Uh... like he he actually wrote a book about the creation of the
0: of the world, but it was an actual story. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't like the side notes like Silmarillion tends mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. It was an actual story. It's the um I think that's the Magician's Nephew where it actually shows the creation of the world. Yeah. And so yeah, he you know he was more along the line of, lines of
1: creating a narrative. What I think it is too though is a lot of stuff that we read from uh, Tolkien today was unpublished. Mm-hmm. During his lifetime. And uh, a lot of what he wrote was just background or backbone, I guess you could say, support mm-hmm. for his, I think, his life's work, which was uh, the War of the Rings books. You yeah. Know, the yeah. So mm-hmm. that's a big difference, too, is whereas Lewis wanted to get the most out of his writing. Right. As right, far right. as publishing go- mm-hmm. right. You know, he wanted to publish the most that he could write. So he left a lot up to the imagination, but he also left a lot up to find out more in my next book about it was it was was serialized that's word yeah yeah Yeah. it's
0: very serialized it was like he was trying to sell books i mean that's just kind of what he
1: he wanted to go one solid you know like Mm -hmm. a one solid story whereas uh tolkien almost viewed it as the the random happenings of of (laughs) this world of of this world Mm -hmm. you know uh which kind of goes more into the realism the realistic style of writing right
0: as opposed to just the narr, just the
1: telling a story, which I stuff. think uh, Martin may have even drawn some of that inspiration from. When Martin takes it to a totally different level, yeah, he
0: takes it a lot. For, he he takes the he realism takes to almost to a, like a, a almost moral like, level. Yeah, uh, he he almost it, like the world is out to get you, or just doesn't care about you. Yeah, think. like hyper realism. Yeah, like more, hyper-realism
1: yeah almost. Uh, let's let's throw another author in there. Uh, Lovecraft, almost Lovecraftian, where the world where just is just, like
0: actively does not care about you. Well yeah,
1: you. and I mean like the the entire side story of the White Walkers <laughs> work off the rails. Here, here we go. What's the time? Mo- <laughs> We're 15 minutes in. We're off the rails. In. That's a that's record, rails. man. This should have been a Game of Thrones podcast. Let's be <laughs> um, but let's go. Let's go with it. You've got Lewis, who kind of goes with the more traditional storytelling, but he's peers with Tolkien, mm-hmm. so they're kind of going along the same lines. And uh, you know, him and Tolkien are writing at the same time. Tolkien's in this big world building thing. Lewis is more into this uh, direct narrative, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, relatability. You know, he wants to market it to people. And then I think Martin comes along and kind of takes the two of those things. Because you can kind of see in Game of Thrones where there's a narrative starting to develop. And it's, it, now it's t- to the point where it's more advanced in the show than yeah. in the books. Just because the books haven't put out a new book in, since 2011. Yeah. Now with the show, you can kind of see what I've noticed with the show of Game of Thrones. Is uh, he's starting to go more in the direction of C.S. Lewis. Of it's like oh wow I can see sides starting to form yeah and obviously you've got sides formed from the very beginning in Tolkien you know of you've course yeah the, you know the good and the bad and all this other stuff yeah like yeah
0: it was almost it was very clearly defined mm, even from mm-hmm, the beginning mm-hmm. you know between uh, Morgoth and uh, Aru I mean yeah. that was straight up black and white right there yeah.
1: the way I see it in Tolkien is you almost have it happening to where it's it's being allowed to happen yeah you know what I mean it's the, developing the, naturally the beings within the world are are left to their own free will mm-hmm. and they've got to determine you know cuz and they choose their at sides. this point in the third age uh the valar that are in valinor all that other stuff the elves that are in valinor they're they're not you know they're they're fine you know they're mm-hmm. not concerned with what's going on with sauron they're not concerned about that kind of stuff right that's why when you move on you move on to valinor you move on to the world where you're not concerned with that stuff right exactly whereas you have still got the world of men and dwarves and elves and that's their home you know mm-hmm. that's their real homeland middle earth mm-hmm. is And they're fighting for that. It's almost like it's being allowed to happen. It's like this controlled chaos within one small part. Right. Whereas I see in Lewis's world... You've got the most powerful beings within the world, you mm-hmm. know, basically battling it. It's still, yeah, it's, and it's unstable. And they're
0: directly, like, holding the strings. And, like, on mm-hmm. one side you have Aslan, another side you have yeah. either, you know, you have the White Witch. Yeah. And they're directly involved. Lewis's whole involved.
1: world is a lot more like the first stage of Tolkien's yeah. world. Mm-hmm. So, you see that a lot more. So, it's like you, you've you got that impending battle of good and evil. Right. Whereas uh, in Tolkien's world, it is an impending, you know, it is a necessary, you know, there's there's people fighting for their homes and fighting for their lives. Right. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost a side story to what's going on within the entire realm. Mm -hmm. As opposed to Lewis, who's got, like I said, you're you're, you're right into that narrative. You're put in there as a child who walks through the wardrobe and you're looking around and that's the entire world that you see. There's no context for it. There's no anything like that. You're just like, wow, this is... You know, so he, like I said he world he he does some world building to but, where it seems like this is just such a naturally
0: yeah, but it also thing. puts
1: a lot I feel it puts a lot more pressure on the uh, narrative a lot, it puts a lot more pressure on the characters mm-hmm. whereas uh, yes there's a lot of pressure on the characters in Lord of the Rings but it's almost like survival they're just yeah, fighting they're, for survival that's
0: kind of they're fighting to stay alive like mm-hmm, literally because mm-hmm. you know it's not like Sauron's trying to take over he's yeah. trying to destroy the world of yeah. men and so they're trying basically yeah. trying to stay alive
1: and yeah, it's not, it's less of a power struggle and more of just fighting for your life. And, uh, now you also see, uh, you know, toward the end of the, uh, Lord of the Rings saga, I mm-hmm. guess, and the return of the King, <clears throat> you see like, okay, we fought for survival. We survived. Now we just have to, now, now what do we do? You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's almost like establishing the order. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like hanging there of, uh, you know, people who want to reestablish order. And then you've got people like Frodo. And the elves are like, "Nah, dude, we're done. Like, we're, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be a part of it. And it shows you almost how taxing it is to be in a war like that or in or in, or in any kind of situation where right. you're, you're fighting for a survival. And it gets to the point where you're no longer fighting for what you believe in. You're no longer like fighting for a cause. You're just like, I've got to. I've got to do this, you know, I've gotta, just, yeah, if do I a, don't do yeah. this, it's going to be even worse than it is right now. So we just have to do this. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Lewis is like uh, almost uh, a power struggle. It's where... almost
0: like he's got
1: like more noble ultimate yeah, you're, goal. You're believing
0: yeah. more in what you're fighting for. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's more of a, it's more of an idealistic yes, type of scenario sure. as opposed to just trying to stay alive.
1: Which is funny because they were they were both World War One veterans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can almost see and being like the disgruntled, <laughs> just like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Lewis, I think, still kind of had uh, some belief in it. You know, he still felt like what he was fighting for was the right thing. So I think as far as their military backgrounds go, that's the thing with the military. Individual experiences may vary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also they may have gone through the exact same things, yeah, but just interpreted it differently in their mind. And maybe their motivations were different, you know, maybe to, for Tolkien at a certain point, it was just like, I'm fighting for survival and i'm fighting to get home and i'm done i don't care what happens i don't care if i'm speaking german yeah or after this you know it's just <laughs> exactly. like you know and you also have to realize it's world war one yeah, world war one is different than which World which was II. Yeah. a lot more of a political war mm-hmm. than it was a uh it a, wasn't a so idealistic. ideologies yeah. Yeah. and and really ultimate survival for the world not to bel- belittle like the prussian empire and what they're capable of but uh it was definitely more of a, oh man, a this guy got assassinated, sides, yeah. all the dominoes fell, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, I don't know why we're fighting each other, but we are. Exactly. Whereas was- you see in World War II, it's like, oh, here's this huge evil thing that's going to take over the world mm-hmm. and destroy us all, and we've got to fight it, you know?
0: The difference between World War One and World War Two is almost like the difference between the struggles in Game of Thrones and the struggles in Lord of the Rings.
1: I, yeah yeah, yeah I, see, I can
0: see that uh well in uh, on the one hand in game of thrones you have all these different power struggles and everything like that and that yeah. would be more the world war, one aspect but then in lord of the rings you have all these different people with these different ideo- ideologies all these different races they put aside their differences to fight this one evil force yeah for now just to get that force out of the way yeah and then they'll continue with their power struggle yeah things. so
1: yeah and i mean even um you know even with Gandalf and, and guys like, you know, they're not all a hundred percent benevolent. No, the, the ones that you see as the heroes of the story, if mm-hmm. you look further into their own individual stories, not necessarily Gandalf in particular, but I just think of him because he's a very powerful character right. in that world. Mm-hmm. And he's, his intentions, yeah. his intentions are good, but they're all flawed. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, who's to say that one can't turn and become evil and, and, and then it starts all over again, you know, and exactly. I guarantee after the war, the rings, are all going back to war with each other. Eventually, you mm-hmm. know, um, like the regional wars. and Yeah, things, yeah. not even like, like one dwarf kingdom against another dwarf kingdom. Not mm-hmm. even, you know, just the standard stuff you see anywhere. Yeah. Uh, in the first age, you had a war between elves, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, not just the first age, all throughout the uh, Middle Earth history. And uh, so you see how it's kind of blurred a little bit. But yeah, they came together for one cause. And then eventually, I think with Frodo in particular, mm-hmm. he got to the point where he was just like, I don't even believe in... This thing anymore. He's
0: just the only thing that was going, and I think like, that's what broke him was, down was to do it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and with the power of the ring going against him as well. So you know, eventually, you yeah, know, that's why he had such a hard time at the end. You know, he had yeah. to struggle with him and Sam and Gollum. I just think that—that's that, my personal interpretation of the way Tolkien drew from his personal experiences, right and developed it into that story. And then you've got Lewis drawing from whatever his experiences were, Mm -hmm. which I don't know a whole lot about Lewis, but I'm talking about him on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a whole lot about him and what his military career was like, or what his personal life was like. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you go based off of his interpretations, in his stories, you can kind of get an idea of what he believed and what he what he was like as an individual. Yeah,
0: and then yeah, Lewis and, and then Lewis and Tolkien's their friendship through while they were teachers at Oxford, they are, um they actually uh started a literary club, almost like a book club, which would you know which would should be like you know nowadays it would be comparable to you know people getting together and watching TV or something like that because that's what you know people did. It's a little yeah, uh,
1: I think it may have been a little more educational yeah it it was a little bit more scholarly because they
0: were they were you know teachers and things yeah yeah.
1: they're drawing it would almost to me be like uh it just if authors got together read things talked about you know what they got drew inspiration from it and then Mm -hmm. talked about how it affected their writing and stuff like that
0: it's like any kind of group of (laughs) artists it's always good to have like a support group to go into and everything and this particular support group um it was actually they had a name for it it was called the inklings i Uh guess which you know, kind of play on words there. And uh, yeah, uh, it consisted of Lewis, Tolkien, uh, Charles Williams, Neville Coghill, Owen Barfield, and WH. Uh, Lewis, which is actually CS Lewis's brother. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah th- they were kind of in this group and they actually got together a lot uh, while they were teachers in Oxford. They were mm-hmm. all, I think they were all grad students in Oxford and everything. Yeah. And they met at this pub uh, called the Eagle and Child. Yeah, that's pretty interesting that, you know, that that they get together and all these great authors. I mean, I haven't read 2 I'm sure these are all notable authors and everything. Tolkien and Lewis are the only two that I have actually heard of, but just the fact that these two these two pillars of fantasy. That I, I don't know, it's, it's just it, it's it's intriguing that these two pillars of fantasy that get compared a lot. Like I compared the two even growing up, before I knew anything about, like, their friendship. Mm-hmm. It's just, I find it extremely intriguing that the, these two pillars of fantasy knew each other. Yeah. You
1: know? Well, it's like, uh, you see that in uh, movie directors. Right. You see that in uh, comedians. Mm-hmm. You see that in writers today. Um, very similar writing styles and contemporaries of each other. A lot of the times they know each other. Right. You know, so... Um, like apparently George R. R. Martin and, uh, Stephen King know each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, they would have to, Yeah, you know, I mean, they, there's no way they wouldn't, you mm-hmm. know, you, you get a big enough name. Eventually you're going, Oh, you do the same thing that I do mm-hmm. in a different style, obviously, but you do the same thing that I do. So we're going to meet up and we're going to talk. Yeah. That's how it works. Generally speaking for anything. Yeah. It, you know, I, um even I, local comics you know you, you find people that you mesh well with you right. get along with your contemporaries of each other you're within the same scene or maybe one you know town over mm-hmm. and uh you know you hang out you talk you discuss you know what other comics you like or what right. you draw inspiration from and I think uh I, I you know they, they would probably never admit it if they could today but I'm sure they drew inspiration from each other as oh, I'm well sure they which did is yeah. why I, and I think if you had one without the other. It may not be. They might like not
0: that. be writing in the same genre. Like yeah. they, they, you know, might be something completely different. Yeah. Something interesting. Uh, they actually didn't like each other's writing styles. Lewis and Tolkien. Uh huh. Tolkien called Lewis's work, uh, unoriginal. He he thought he was too derivative. Going back to that allegory thing, he actually called no it. Day. He actually called it unoriginal. He didn't. He didn't enjoy Narnia. Lewis, on the other hand, actually called Tolkien a perfectionist. Uh, Uh, which is which is a
1: bad word yeah yeah sometimes in a world where there's not enough perfectionists today it wouldn't necessarily be bad but Mm -hmm. back then it basically meant that you could never be satisfied with your work and you had to keep tweaking it and not necessarily making it better right yeah which is a thing perfectionists do a lot of the times is Mm -hmm. they they try to tweak something it's like changing your answer on a test during multiple choice overthinking is always bad Um, just about always bad I'm sure you could have, we could have gotten a lot more out of Tolkien, but, but then again, I wouldn't want to change anything about either of those two writers. Well, yeah, I'm not the biggest C.S. Lewis fan, but at the same time, you know, you appreciate the stories for what they are, and you appreciate his writing for what it is. And uh, like I said, I wouldn't want to see anything change about it, because then you wouldn't have what we have today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe it'd be better, maybe worse, you never know, But or maybe one thing changes and they're not discovered. Their voice isn't right. what was wanted at that time. That's right. the biggest thing about any kind of entertainer is what. how are you unique yet still good? Yeah. You know, you have to, you can be good, but not original, not unique, and therefore, therefore no, you, you just blend in the background, just go in the background, mm-hmm. or you can be way too unique and original and people are like yeah but you're not entertaining you're yeah. going too weird <laughs> you're you know? trying you're
0: trying t- too much for your voice to be out there without yeah. actually considering that other people
1: have to hear it other people have to hear other people have to appreciate it like mm-hmm. I said, you see that a lot with like art you know artists yeah. artists are so about taking their emotions and putting it out on the on the canvas it's, or on whatever ugh, yeah and uh great you know express yourself through art but, but make also it good remember that it's got to be good yeah. And uh, if you're going to go abstract, go abstract in a way that's people are going to appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be targeted toward the general public. Right. You can have, a, you, you can
0: know your audience, you can know your yeah. audience,
1: you can have a target demographic, but
0: you're going to have to, whatever you're doing, it can't be made to seem like it's on accident.
1: Yeah. You're going to have to, and that's, it's, it's, it's hard to find that good balance of, mm-hmm. you know, uniqueness yeah and uh effectiveness i guess or quality yeah Yeah, exactly
0: and you know quality can you know effectiveness can be subjective it can be but yeah put your all into something and make sure it's as good as you want it to be for sure that's one thing that a lot yeah like you said a lot of artists and a lot of different avant-garde quote-unquote yeah people that like to go oh this is ultra simplistic no you're lazy like it's just you can tell yes Mm -hmm.
1: that Dude, I've been so tempted to just get paint in a canvas and just hack away at it like American Psycho and mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. You know, just just go for it. See what's going... You know, let's see if people buy this one. Like, <laughs> just... In the right setting, and, you absolutely uh, would, too. And you could. You yeah. totally could. Mm-hmm. You, It's a numbers game at that point. You're just... Mm. P- p- and then eventually you know you get one thing that someone's like oh this is amazing and they're yep. like oh and then, oh, look at all these other pieces of crap that I threw together it's like oh that's your style and yeah. it's just like no that's the that's my that's, junkyard that's my, <laughs> lack of, yeah, that's my lack of small motor skills is that is. that's not a that's not a style that's my shaky hands <laughs> yeah that's yeah, I just like I've, I've never been able to draw mm. anything, right. My Penmanship is terrible. Mm. Most of my writing that I do, I do either on computer or I do on my phone in the notes, and I'll transfer it over to computer and actually type it out and save the document. Yeah, because my penmanship is so bad. <laughs> and then, and then I'll you lose could be, you could be a postmodern artist. I will lose, <laughs> yeah, probably. I will lose like paper too, you know, like notebooks. Mm-hmm. I don't keep track of it, I won't lose my phone. I'm gonna keep like, right, right, right. an expensive phone, Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lose that. Yeah, it was like ah, it's a 97 cent notebook, and then I lose everything that's in that notebook. So I, I'm
0: always so impressed by people who actually keep a notebook like in their pocket and, yeah, and keep track it, of it and dude, everything like that. I, like, I've cow. gone
1: through so many. Mm-hmm. And then the worst part too is going through those notebooks and like this is just just throw it away. <laughs> like, just, This is yuck. This is awful. This is so terrible. I and it happens like at the end of every month. Every month, I'm just like, (laughs) ooh. Why did I didn't that? Get this out of my life. What was this? So there's a message in my brain that went down to my hand and told it to put that, and it shouldn't have. That was bad. <laughs> it like Got that a little garbled, rough. and yeah, it just shouldn't have been sent yeah, out. And then begin you with. lose it. You lose it. You know, the mm-hmm. thought yeah, in your you head, lose the you thought,
0: lose... but like the writing is still there. It's like trying to decode a language.
1: Pretty I much, I lose yeah. the thought when I record myself. Like I, I yeah, I, my, I don't have the vocabulary to keep up with the abstract Absolute. thought that's going on mm-hmm. in my head sometimes. Yeah. And that's not to say, no, it's not any, it just means that my, my vocabulary is not very good. So right. That, exactly. It means I don't have an expansive enough vocabulary to actually be able to in- interpret the whatever minimal level of abstract thought that I do have. Right. I See, the thing is, I I have it, it's up there, but like
0: saying it and writing it are two different yeah. things. And I enjoy writing things. I'm like, I actually enjoy having a physical notebook,
1: but like you, I lose it. I have to like keep it in one place yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I can't move. carry it around with no. me. No. And then uh, eventually you're just going to write something in it that you wish you never wrote. And you just. I, I, I and it don't, gets, yeah, I don't it gets like you. I, I, I so much love doing like talk to text into my notes yeah. on my phone. Mm hmm and then I'll just type out that stuff on a uh, document, right. save the document, and then uh, maybe edit the document. And when I'm done editing the document, I can save it differently so that way I've got what I have and I can keep developing it further and further. It's more fluid to right. me exactly. when it's on a uh, digital format than it is when it's on uh, the analog, just writing it down. I see what you're saying. So, Which goes back to my artistic abilities are terrible. Like mm. I, I can't... My brain does not process how people draw things. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, uh, shading and shadows and, like, making things look three-dimensionally. Like, it just... Like, how? How how do you make that happen? It it, it doesn't... I I don't know. Obviously, if I took an art class and learned how to do all that other stuff, it it, it may do something. But then again, when I sit down and I've... I've tried it when I was younger. I was like, "Maybe, maybe I can draw. And I was like, what do I draw? And you're just trying to draw some kind of... I have no sense of inspiration like I've I've never had that feeling of like I gotta draw this. I need to draw and something I think yeah. to be a artist in the sense of someone who paints and draws and, yeah. and, and uh, I don't know what you would call that what, what branch of art that would be um what uh like hand rendered you're talking about or, yeah, yeah 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 cause I Art is just such a broad term now. It's art very broad term. Like everything, everything music, from music to spoken yeah. word
0: to even like what you do yeah. is, be, is considered art. It, yeah, yeah it's it is. Because of what
1: part of your brain is active when it doesn't. It. Yeah. So for me, the actual art, art. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like what you think of when you think of art, art galleries. Yeah. You're not gonna see me in an art gallery doing a tight five. Like it's not. Mm. You're not gonna see anywhere doing a tight five. My five minutes is, is <laughs> very loose. It's a loose five. It's a loose five. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I see what you're saying, and I will
0: say, coming from somebody, I actually can draw. Like I, I yeah, you know, I, I drew a lot, and I don't draw as much now. I kind of do more digital art or digital design and everything like that. Yeah. I don't want to be that, you know, a lot of times I like to say that is oh.
1: still moving your hand in a direction yeah. and making it an and image. making something up here. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. That's still, that, that, that that's as much art as anything else. Right. And I hate to say that because I think digital music isn't as much music as like <laughs> analog music is and like rock music. Yeah. But it's it's, a, it's, but it's, it's definitely a double standard. Yeah, like, yeah, it's interesting. I definitely abide by the double standard of like, if you can create an image on a computer by actually creating it, an original image, because it originated in your head yeah. and it's being yeah. manifest somewhere else. But if you just, I don't, dude, I, I don't know, man. I hate electronic music. I right. Do. And obviously, someone's gonna think of an example. of, Oh, I actually do like electronic. Ooh, maybe I'll just change my life. Um. <laughs> No spoiler alert. Uh, no, you won't. <laughs> no, I'll be like, okay, I like that song. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Doesn't mean I like that whole but genre. The fact is, yeah. If, if I go to a concert and you're just up there with an Apple laptop, just like you, yeah, that's the thing. If you can't, I'm I feel like, like but, uh, you're just hitting shuffle. Like, you're not. <laughs> you're like the next song's gonna be. Uh, uh, just look it up. <laughs> yeah, face. and it's like,
0: and like they call songs like dot JPEG or whatever. They yeah, give them these stupid, stupid
1: names. Don't pretend to be artistic. <laughs> when you're just performing for teenagers on all the drugs <laughs> like it's just like if you really want to enjoy my oh, How's your music it's terrible when you're not on drugs but you do some you do some drugs you're going to like I, and I don't understand like all right so so all right let's just let's just take it all the go way. with it go with all it all right so i know some people that are into like the EDM or whatever yeah. you know you want to go somewhere and wear a colorful glow in the dark t-shirt and get paint on you and just That's your thing, you know. You go, you do the drugs, you have the fun, you regret it in the morning. Then mm. cool, that's your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just don't listen to it in the car, right? (laughs) Don't sit here. I don't want to ride on a three-hour road trip with you, and I'm just hearing your. All right, we're not gonna cut that, but I'm gonna say to cut that because this is a terrible (laughs) example. Of what that awful sound is supposed to sound like, the but wub wub sound or yeah, whatever the, the whub crap. Whub. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's so beyond. Oh yeah, I know. It's so yeah. beyond what I think of it. Oh, have you heard? this? Yeah, it's our, called, our concept. Yeah. I think our concept
0: of EDM stopped in like yeah.
1: 2009, and yeah. then we're just on that still, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's called an Alien Finger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the song. No, this the whole genre. The genre. There's a- three alien. songs by seven different artists. <laughs> And it's called Alien Finger. <laughs> and you gotta take MDMA about
0: the message, man. Cocaine,
1: DMT, and a little bit of Jack Daniels whiskey. <laughs> Nothing else, just Jack Daniels. And you'll love it. You'll love it. I'm like, why do I need a chemical Stand on one foot? I, my body chemical composition needs to be changed for me to appreciate this. Just oh. to be like Oh, sounds. Now I have to be a specific amount of inebriated yeah, to enjoy this. Don't, I don't know. Don't throw that at me and no. then listen to it in your car. <laughs> and you're driving, you're probably whatever, inebriated to enjoy it. If you're enjoying that, I assume you're on drugs and now you're driving on drugs. That's not safe. <laughs> anyone It's not good. No, and then it makes you know. Then it affects don't, my mental health because don't, I want to
0: hurt you. Yeah. And
1: then <laughs> don't drive an EDM. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't EDM and drive, guys. Save lives. Don't, don't dub and, and drive. drive. <laughs> so so terrible, man. Yeah, it's awful. I, I, I really, really want to beat this horse until it's just a pile of pulp, but because I really want to talk about how much I hate it. But I just I think I've run out of words to say. I think you guys you, you still get there, the message, but, but I really, you really don't get the feeling.
0: I, you don't not, get the vibe no, in no, this room.
1: At this point, I don't even care if people understand it. I just want to keep talking about it is how much I'm it's how passionate I am. I'm not passionate about anything except <laughs> that. Like just I'm only passionate about the things I hate. Right. You know? Like I don't care about politics <laughs> except for how much I hate the government. Yeah, like that's the only in thing. In general, yeah. What do you think of this guy? Oh, is he in that position then I don't like him (laughs) I didn't like the guy before him or the guy before that or all 45 of them I don't care (laughs) I don't care Exactly. And the only one I like was George Washington because he they, he was like, no, I don't want to do it. And they're like, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, like it. That should be the prerequisite. You have to not want. You to have do it. to not want to do it if you're like, I want to be in charge. Or, get that guy out of here. <laughs> don't let him <laughs> no, in charge. Please get him out. Get him gone. Yeah. no not him. We no, don't want somebody so. who wants to. We don't, we don't need be in some charge. sociopath that thinks, oh, look at all these people. I should tell them what to do. Like, we don't want that. <laughs> And that's all 40, the 44 after George Washington, man. Mm-hmm. Even, I... George, even George Washington. Let's, he was a general. Well, the, me, yeah. He was a general. Yeah. Oh, I should be in charge. Oh, he's an officer. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just got out of the military, guys. <laughs> riding that high. I'm riding it. Oh, man. No, but just so frustrating, man. I don't even know what I'm mad at. I'm... <laughs> edm and presidents oh those two things edm, EDM and presidents that's good stuff man
0: <laughs> <EDM> <laughs> it goes so presidents. well together not oh, at all but still but yeah um i think yeah uh, going back to let's see send
1: me this just that last like five minutes so i can develop a bit from it okay. oh yeah sure yeah exactly I'll,
0: I'll do that just to kind of wrap up the the idea of tolkien and lewis um they were friends for a long time but I, they actually kind of had an, like a you know like an abstract like falling out it's not what it wasn't like this huge like uh, schism or like this huge like thing that ha- like you can't pinpoint an event where it happened yeah but they kind of had a falling out at, and that's kind of how they're you know like it happens with with friends and everything like that we just stop talking a big reason why they had why it happened uh, again like their their disagreement on their types of works that they did but another big reason why it happened is because of their choice of uh, religion, choice of religious denomination, actually. Yeah. Initially, uh, Tolkien convinced Lewis to turn to uh, Christianity in 1931. Okay. But the thing is, Tolkien was a devout Catholic. Uh, he was, you know, he's been a, born and raised a Catholic. But instead of going to Catholicism, Lewis actually decided to go to the Anglican Church. Yeah, And because of that, Tolkien was actually disappointed with him. And that's where a lot of their sources of contention were. And you can see that in their letters and everything like that. I think at one point, like when they had actually had their falling out, uh, there was like one last time where they wrote each other, and I think one of them said to the other, "I miss you," type thing. You know, it's just one of those yeah. things where they kind of, kind of that moment of clarity. But yeah, it's it's kind of tragic almost, uh, just because of you, you know, you know, you think back on your life and everything. You think back, oh, I had this one friend, and we don't talk anymore. I don't know why, but we don't. But yeah. your different reasons and everything. But yeah, it, it's really interesting just the fact that these two different authors were so close and then uh at the end they just ended up just having kind of a falling out but it's still great just to see that friendship and what that friendship what had a hand in creating you know know. that that friendship had a hand in creating two of the greatest fantasy novels or fantasy series of all time and i feel like i find that extremely interesting
1: yeah, and the whole falling out thing is I think it's it's not even I think it's definitely overplayed. Oh and yeah, it's just, it's, it's it, it, people they like gone to different points in their life. Yeah. They no longer worked at Oxford. And yeah. uh, and at some point, you know, you have to realize that, you know, the reason you're friends with somebody or you're hanging out with somebody is because you're there. proximity. You're, you're, yeah, yep. proximity. Mm-hmm. And uh and a lot of times writers are more loners than than anything else too. The fact it's that like... they were friends with each other at all is yeah. interesting. No, I I think it's better to to not be friends with somebody than to, uh, than anything, <laughs> no, uh, than to be friends with someone that you, your ideologies are so conflicting that you have to bring it up all the time um, and that's not um, really healthy. No. I don't think that you should dislike somebody or, or, or argue with someone constantly, because of uh, conflicting ideologies, I think that uh, if that is the case, then either you need to change something about yourself, or you just not be friends. I mean, it, it's, there's nothing it is, unhealthy it about that. Yeah, is, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's like uh, when I see kid when I taught, and then when you know now that I have a child, no, my child's not really old enough to have friends. Right, you know, she's two years old. They have friends, but it's not like yeah, it's she's around mom and dad all the time. Exactly. But uh, but you see kids, and they're like this. She won't share with me, and he pushed me. I was like, "Well, get away from him! Don't, <laughs> don't go there! Don't exactly. go around them! Don't but, go to that corner they of the feel room!" This need to like get this person. To, like, why won't they be friends with me? Mm. Why won't they agree with me? And my thing's like, well, if you want someone to, to be friends with you, just let them be who, the person that they are. Oh, just around you. That, yeah, yeah. So, which is which is why I don't like that whole idea of like. You know, um, we have conflicting ideologies, so you know we're going to constantly argue about it. Like, either you need to just stop worrying about it, which I, I, I don't know. You cannot talk about something. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's entirely possible to not yeah, talk about something. Exactly,
0: and that's some things some people
1: don't realize. A lot
0: of people that like are very opinionated, yeah. they don't realize that. And, and, yeah. and I
1: feel like on that level, it was definitely more on Tolkien. Yeah, just for. No, I think was... he
0: kind of felt like a personal responsibility toward Lewis because he's the one that brought him, I guess, "quote unquote," into the fold. Yeah. like with Catholicism, and he's like, "Oh well, I, you know, I introduced you to this, yeah. or, or reintroduce you, however whatever the case may be." And you kind of went directly against me. And not only yeah. did not only did uh, Lewis uh, go to uh, uh, Anglicanism, he actually wrote some anti-Catholic.
1: Yeah, now uh, I in papers
0: and everything like that. So I can definitely see why that would be the case. Exactly. you can see where it's attacked... conflicting on both sides. Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: where Lewis is doing some stuff that he probably shouldn't be doing. Tolkien's also yeah. probably, uh, just just upset about it. And also you have Tolkien who is you know born and raised in one system, mm-hmm. whereas Lewis is kind Lewis of got, outside looking yeah. in, uh, a convert, and then and then you know he's while well, he's still thinking about things, then switches over to uh, another denomination. It's not. Incredibly far gone from what Catholicism is, right? And then they just have these huge disagreements about it, and I'm sure they had disagreements on more than that. I'm sure their jabs at each other's writing style was probably it. Probably got 200. to each other big things, mm-hmm. yeah. Lewis probably didn't like Tolkien telling him that he uh, was unoriginal, was unoriginal, and, <laughs> and that he didn't develop his work enough. And then Tolkien was probably like, no, "I'm not a perfectionist. I just want to do the right thing. I want to get it done right." And yeah. Lewis is just like, "No, dude, you're you're focusing on these details way too much. It's like, been 17 to... years and you yeah. haven't published anything. Type thing. It's, it's almost like, like a... that guy who's like, I 'I haven't got a job yet because I haven't found the right one.' Like, <laughs> yeah, at some point, you need to find just one. Find a job <laughs> and then try to get the one you like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, put something out." Tolkien. write something yeah <laughs> or or stop calling yourself a writer I think is, that, you know. is what it was and either that or, or lewis just saw something within tolkien that he was like dude you need to this is good just do it this is it's true he might be deep down yeah. something he would never admit he's
0: like okay he maybe he read a draft of the hobbit is like why won't you publish this yeah yeah like dude do,
1: do it don't, yeah. don't don't sit on it any longer just mm-hmm. actually develop it and put it out because he could see that he's afraid to put a bow on it, basically.
0: Yeah, he's almost maybe he's afraid to let it go.
1: Yeah, type thing. Like maybe yeah. he just wants he enjoys working on it. And I could see that. Yeah, it's a baby. He doesn't yeah. want it to move out of the house. Mm-hmm. I totally get that, man. Yeah. I totally understand it. I a hundred percent. No, yeah,
0: I, I understand it completely too. I've um, been there. Like you know, yeah.
1: was, you've we, got something that you're working on, or or you'll you'll have something that you 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 work on as uh you know let's say it's a bit that you're trying to do mm-hmm. and it's terrible. But you, but you bit, want it to be good. You want it to be good. And yeah. Eventually, someone's like, "Dude, you got to drop that thing. You got to get rid of it." <laughs> but it's my baby. It's my baby. Huh? You got to kill your baby. You got to kill your baby. <laughs> no,
0: that's the thing. You got to kill <laughs> your babies in any kind yeah. of art form. If some, even if something, you, you, I mean, you can maybe keep it in your back, you know, in your back pocket. Yeah. Or like keep it in a file or something like that. But at some point, you the gotta back stop. pocket stuff gotta man, let it go. It's the
1: most frustrating because every day you wake up and you're like, I gotta get back to it. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. you're like, but there's nothing, you haven't received the inspiration to actually develop it, so it's just, I gotta keep it where it is. Art is such a weird, just, process, dude. Uh, it's so, dude. it's so subjective, and yeah. it's so, it's not even a real thing. I don't think art's a real thing. No, it's like, it's, it's something humans have, like, constructed in their mind yeah, to keep themselves busy. It's pretty much. definitely non-existent, and it's really the ultimate form of doing nothing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's,
0: it's like, tw- it's like a fancy uh, way of twiddling your yeah, thumbs. Like, did like,
1: you build a bridge? Nah, but I drew a pretty cool picture of one. <laughs> I <laughs> made right, these well, awesome I, marks on this cave. drive my car over that one? Is it the blueprint for a bridge? No, just a picture. Just just like, what if this existed, yeah, but it like, doesn't? <laughs> this is a picture of me stabbing a caribou. Why don't you go out and stab a caribou? <laughs> I'm starving. Well, people are going to come you here. You can't eat this. And they're going to give us caribou to look at <laughs> man but yeah i under, i understand yeah. So i cool. got a halloween costume do you yeah look <laughs> exactly. uh, i got link and i don't even like <laughs> zelda that much. do you you ever even played zelda before i played zelda okay you I've have played, which I've one played, did you play Shoot, i don't know okay whatever, whatever was on n64 <laughs> oh you, you probably yeah one. the was it the flute one that well the yeah, one? Um, flute. Ocarina o- yeah, yeah ocarina of time yeah you played ocarina of time i'll tell you why i got it though well yeah so i got a t-shirt that was link and uh Then I got the hat with the ears. Okay. And then I've got, like, khaki pants and, like, black vans. And I'm just like, this is Link. This is my Link costume. (laughs) This is, uh, because I don't like costumes. I don't, but I'm I'm going to a Halloween party and I have to wear costumes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that is my, uh, yeah. I was thinking about being three hole punch Jim. I love Um, that, dude. um... But I googled three hole punch Jim, and obviously people have done it before. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: it's one of the any kind of office thing. I feel anything Jim has yeah. done, I feel like has been done. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. You got the the my favorite Jim Cost. I don't know. I love three hole punch Jim, but yeah. I also love Dave. Yeah, my name is Dave. My name is Dave. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then there's what was the other one where he uh, ooh, where'd this train go? Uh, for, those the rails. Um, for those of you that don't, yeah, yeah, we live off the rails.
0: For those who don't know. Uh, just a little bit of context. He's talking about Jim Halpert from the Don't
1: office. explain the Office. <laughs> watch. I'll just say, watch the Watch office. all the Office. Yeah, all right? watch Just it. do it. Yeah. Get over yourself. All right. Yeah, they look at the camera and it's weird. That's the point. Yes, all right? exactly. Enjoy things. <laughs> Coming from me who hates EDM.
0: You hate certain things, but you also hate. Yeah, people that I mean, hate there's some. There's
1: well. yeah, there's some well received. Like, okay, so here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For real, I love it when it goes off the rails. So yeah. don't apologize. Just do it, man. So, um, Game of Thrones, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, including the movies, even if they're not in the director's cut, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Office, you know, a lot of well-received things. Here. Love it. Um, I'm treading up the nice here. Star Wars, don't love it. Don't love Star Wars. Uh, no. Okay. N- I feel like it got ruined. I feel like Star Wars got you ruined. You
0: don't like the... When? When do you think it All got right, ruined?
1: so... I, I don't want to say the prequels because everyone says the prequels. Yeah. I think it got ruined. Episode 6 felt like the one that was the most just strewn I together. The, for, okay, I don't agree with you, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, for me, Episode 6 was where you first started to see, in my opinion, the marketing. It you starting cool. to see the targeting of children. Mm-hmm. Um, you started to see all that stuff. You, you know, cute, lovable characters. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot... Uh, I mean there's there were some good parts in episode 6. Mm. I think the uh the struggle with Luke and Vader and the Emperor, that was a really good part they all started together. Not meanwhile, a fan of anything on Endor though, I'll be honest. Meanwhile, Endor's going on at the same time. Yeah. Um where, what what else happened in episode 6? The the Han Solo yeah, the whole, narrative. Yeah, the Yeah. that pointless, um pointless. Yeah, exactly. Pointless. He didn't need to be captured at the end of episode 5 except as a cliffhanger to keep people's attention, mm-hmm. and the narrative of how he escaped was just very uh ex machina-esque but it wasn't i mean there was never it, a point it went where too it was...
0: well it was like it was, the plan was too put together it's yeah. almost like the joker in the dark knight rises hey i'm an ar- anarchist but yeah. this went way too well for you to be yeah, an anarchist I exactly think. yeah that's what you're saying
1: so i didn't like that uh what else happened in that one um that one uh i think yoda me. ended
0: up dying in that one uh, yeah that's fine yeah um space battles so that
1: one that I think one.
0: That, I think you pretty much covered it there wasn't a lot that actually happened in episode 6 no
1: it was just like well they're building the Death Star again we gotta that get that is
0: another thing too really? yeah. it's just
1: like really and then, and then it, as soon the next one linearly yeah. speaking
0: in episode was another seven, Death Star another... see I will agree with you there it's another
1: Death Star <laughs> why are you building why another one you, you keep building them and they keep blowing them up <laughs> someone close the vent <laughs> alright <laughs> they they
0: made the Death Star bigger, therefore making the vent the bigger, vent,
1: they, they amplifying just, they the problem. They just flew into the vent. Its <laughs> it's like, one. woo! And on the last one, it's just it's a Death Galaxy. <laughs> it blows up everything. It blows a, itself it's up. It's got a port that just blows itself up through its own <laughs> it's vent. Like, no, we got you. It's we a got laser you. that just goes right, <laughs> right around it and into the vent. <laughs> and destroys it instantly. Like, it's just we're getting it out of the way, man. Just make we sure we got this. We'll make sure it's it. loaded with people, so that way we can have the <laughs> maximum collateral damage. Like,
0: no. No, somebody got just was really
1: petty. He's like, air, I don't want you yeah. to do
0: it. I want me to do it. You've yeah. got all the
1: air conditioning mechanics and all the all the flight mechanic people and the guy who's just there to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> Taking out the trash. He's a plumber. <laughs> One, just a bunch of construction workers always constantly fixing things the size of a planet. There's always going to be construction course, on there. Of course, dude. I can't even imagine. Lo-
0: the logistics on that thing are so large scale. And then
1: they all just get blown up. <laughs> They all—all all you see is like stormtroopers. You just see stormtroopers, but you don't see that guy. That's like, man, this thing's not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just demolished. He's just incinerated instantly. His I'll hand. tell you what Star Wars His loves their mass gen- mass genocide, man. For sure, that was a genocide. Yeah, it you was. You blew up a planet full of people. Yep, it's artificial planet, but it's a planet full of people. It's a size at that of a moon. point, it wasn't even the clones. It was straight up just recruiting. People got recruited. Yeah, they were just soldiers oh. doing their job,
0: man. man I understand. <laughs> That's what they they and were insurgents. The, the, it wasn't the rebellion. Uh, yeah, it was the insurgency. But
1: here's where I go against it. Yeah. It, yeah, they were. They weren't. I don't know, man. What, what legitimized the, the Empire in the first place? The same thing that legitimizes any government. Nothing. So, yeah, go go rebel forces. Every rebel forces. I don't care who you are. If you're trying to topple a the government, then do it. Like Just <laughs> just challenge them. But then you're going to be in charge, and I'm going to hope that you get overthrown, too. Right. Like, I don't want anyone to, to be there. For, I just want a constant overthrown right. i just want the constant collapsing just and building want the, of empires. the struggle you need the
0: struggle of power yes you need, you need, the, balance you need yep. the balance of power mm-hmm. You
1: need the balance of power this whole oh, anyways i'm going off into, wow. why don't you like star wars is, is why well, don't question. i like star wars. yeah um all right so why and i understand that the fact that i'm a lord of the rings fan and i'm not a huge fan of star wars makes me a lot like that guy in clerks too <laughs> but uh <laughs> exactly This is Lord of the Rings. We're walking this way. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so he drops the ring. Mm, Um, That's good. Yeah. That's a whole whole thing. Yeah. That's just Hollywood defending their own. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) me too. I'm sorry. (laughs) To to everybody. <laughs> oh, I don't think that that's a good thing to say. But uh, it is. Man. Go ahead. You notice, Hollywood like, defended their own good old Kevin Smith oh, right there. Man, that's what it was. Yeah. it's just like I don't like this because it's based off of a writer, and I don't like real writers. I like movie writers. So. <laughs> it's Ill true. one two. Yeah. Um, it's
0: true though. Yeah, you hear it, it's that was basically his manifesto on against Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for whatever yeah. reason.
1: But anyways, yeah. So, uh, well, I'll give my manifesto. Do it's what? not a manifesto because I don't hate Star Wars. No, you just I don't. Just, you're, it's not your I'm, thing. I would never buy the T shirt. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'll go see the movie, but I won't keep the tickets. Done. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of it. A lot of things about it. Right. I feel like world building was the thing they did afterwards. It was, uh, after it was the, an yeah. afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, That's
0: always an annoying thing that I hate. That you can t- you can always tell when it happens in, yeah. in, in,
1: in works of fiction, too. Uh, Hunger Games is the same way, yep. I think. Um, they world built to a certain point, you know, tell developing the, the districts and stuff. But after a certain point, they're like, oh, we got to fill in these gaps. And when you fill in the gaps like that, you get more inconsistencies. Not to say that there's not inconsistencies in every work of literature. Mm-hmm. Because people are imperfect and it's a lot of words to keep track of. You just get more inconsistencies, and the inconsistencies bother me on like a subliminal level or a subconscious level. Yeah. Where yeah, don't think about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't think about it. Don't breathe. You yeah, know? Like exactly. don't don't taste this. A lot of the I can see what you're saying though, because a lot
0: of the inconsistencies in um in Star Wars as opposed to all the inconsistencies in say Lord of the Rings. Comes from an obvious lack of forethought. Yes, yeah. And, and I, see I, that.
1: I loved, I loved the first two movies made. Yeah, uh, I love the New Hope. I love the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I, I really did. Mm-hmm. Like, if if those were the only two Star Wars movies, I would wear the T shirt. You right. know what I mean? I would mm-hmm. be a fan. Right. Um, I like them to that extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never get involved in extended universe stuff. Cause that's always, and, and that's always changing too. How can they you, literally had to like how can decanonize say, stuff? Yeah. And and this stuff that's been canon for a long time mm-hmm. and people recognize it as that is now completely trashed. Right. And now it's going in a totally different direction, whatever direction they want to go. And just so there's surprises basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, and, and, I mean the reason
0: they did it because I'll say one thing, the extended universe is great and all, but it was convoluted because yeah, it was and, and, there was I mean, no real standard to it. I don't think they ever should well I don't think they should The Extended Universe shouldn't have gotten as
1: they out shouldn't of hand have decanonized it. the book, but I don't know if that's a word. But it is now. <laughs> um they shouldn't have let the books happen in the first place. Yeah. I don't I think. agree. I, mm-hmm. I hate film to 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 to, to book. I, I do not like that. I don't like the extended universe stuff. I just think that...
0: Because on the one hand, it's like, on the one hand, if it doesn't have anything to do with the movies, then why have it at yeah. all? On the other hand, if it does, I shouldn't have to go to yeah. outside sources and to enjoy this one singular piece of lit,
1: piece of art. Yeah. And... I don't know. Um, And then you go into the prequels, which did a, a bad job of really explaining what was going on and why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it yeah, just—it
0: got confusing from the get-go. Like the yeah. opening crawl of episode one was just uh, just you trade agreements. What is this? Like, yeah, exactly. And I, now I...
1: I'm seeing people talk about how like uh, Luke or Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force by getting rid of the Jedi and the Sith, like mm-hmm. getting rid of the entire ideology of one extreme and the other extreme because the Jedi were considered bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jedi were when it, when you look at the original movies mm-hmm. the jedi were good yeah. they were the good guys mm-hmm. and the sith and the empire were the bad guys yeah and so they're now they're trying to develop it more into this complicated story of this they, and that. They made, but they made, they're yeah. changing the original the idea mm-hmm. and i get that they're adding complex thought to it and they're adding you know gray areas to it which is good but they're like sticking stuff onto just, it. It's not, slapping, it wasn't built. Yeah, exactly. Stuff onto mm-hmm. it. It's not. Yeah, you're, you're building the the roof before the foundation yep. at this point. You mm-hmm. know, and now you're trying to put a foundation under everything because now we're like, okay, well, we're we're in the last three movies of the series, which <laughs> no, they're not. Ooh. There's going to be more, Wait, which are probably Shit. not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's Disney. What am weird. I saying? <laughs> um, what am I doing? <laughs> um, so, but we're in this portion of the series. We're in the latest. Yeah. And we're still not sure what's supposed to be going on. Mm-hmm. But, which is cool. Yeah, it's but awesome. But that wasn't the original intent. It mm-hmm. was The original intent was the good guys and the bad guys. And now they realize that they're running out of good guy, bad guy material. So they need to complicate it. They so need they're to making make it, it something it's not. Something and, it never really was. And and not only that, you've got these universal powers and forces going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Jedi, you got Sith, but you've also got the gray area people. You've got people all over the spectrum of... of, of the Force, mm-hmm. and it's never even touched on once. Like it's never even looked into. And yeah, well, extended universe. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Make me a movie. Yeah, you're um. You, and here's why: if it was based off of books, then fine, I'll read the books. Right. But these are this is a movie series. Yep. This, this was is a started movie as a movie. movie. Yeah. Series. So make a movie that delves into the make a complexities yeah. of the Force, mm-hmm. as opposed to these two warring sides that are fighting over literally nothing Mm -hmm. that are fighting over fighting to power in the galaxy. That just means that you can land people on one planet. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't, it's a pointless battle that's going on. when you have got all these other super cosmic things within this galaxy, within this universe. Right. And then not only that, they're aliens, but there's never any kind of like Lovecraftian, like overwhelming. You you got like the Sarlacc. Everything comes from like the, the, like a human perspective that comes from a human yeah. perspective. Nothing's like out of control. Like holy crap, that's insane. You got the Death Star, yeah, and then you got the latest Death Star one that blew up all those planets. Okay, cool. That's mm-hmm. but they destroyed it. Yeah, yeah they just—you still have power over that. And even that, that even There's that, no it, real... you didn't feel it when it happened.
0: That that Planet Buster or whatever it destroyed five planets. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, like as an audience member, I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? What planets were those? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, oh I think no, the good horizontal. guys are losing. I, don't I think maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it the, the weight wasn't there. And yeah, and not right. only
1: that, they destroyed five planets, which were supposed to be five key planets, which they could destroy. If they wanted to, they could destroy all the planets that mm-hmm. needed to be destroyed. All of them. Every right. one of them.
0: Right, and right. so
1: apparently they destroyed those five planets, the ones that needed to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. But the Rebels still had the capability of, of taking down the, the Empire. And I get it's this whole constant struggle of good versus evil, evil and, and, and good prevailing and all this other stuff. Right. But it's like... But... <laughs> I, I don't even know like it's just logistically and I, oh, of course I know it's, it's Star Wars man it's based in it's, it's fake it's fictional
0: I just want to go on the record I, I actually
1: like Star Wars but I see I see I know where you're coming I'm from I'm making yeah. my, my case against it right yeah. now I'm making my case against what they're doing with Star Wars and how to make it better. This is like someone saying how to make the country better and people thinking I hate America. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Okay. So this is this is just my complaints with it of how you can make this thing that's really cool and really, like, a lot of people like it, mm-hmm. how you can make it better. You right. know? It just, uh, and, and maybe that's just me, maybe I'm too arrogant to overlook the little you details that aside. I can't even but put to word but it just here's the thing I annoying. will say
0: in 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 your defense almost like something there are some things where like Lord of the Rings we we obviously acknowledge that, that it's not perfect it's made by human oh, yeah. therefore it's got flaws but you as a you know as a uh, you as being what you just described ignore those flaws so there's something to be said about the quality of a work Overcoming its own flaws, pretty much, to where you can actually set aside, you, yes, know, you can suspend and your disbelief. Enough. For
1: me, yeah. I guess, just for me, yeah, Star Wars doesn't meet that quality for, me, that. for me. For, yeah. me, for yeah. me, for me, for me, just for me, for me, <laughs> my personal preference, right. psychopaths. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get dressed up and go to. Ooh, don't even. Mm. Dude, you go to Comic Con, wear your favorite character t shirt and a hat, and that's it, man. This cosplay garbage, doing nothing in a costume in June, it's hot outside. October's not till five months, four months later. Ah, just take off the costume, man. Be your—I know you're trying to hide behind something because you hate who you really are. <laughs> but just take off the costume, man. Just do it. Let yourself be free. I'm tired of this crap. This is stupid.
0: Hey, you want to talk about Lord of the Rings again? Mm.
1: I, I don't even know what I was.
0: Where am I? <laughs> what is real? <laughs> What's going on?
1: Um, let's um. So I think joke. yeah, uh, we can talk about the dwarves. What do you want? <coughs> Alright. Um, <coughs> dwarves were... It was a little more simpler. Uh, yeah. As far as the research. It's that I did. not
0: quite as many like different perspectives. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's definitely based in Germanic mythology. Right. Uh, Anglo-Saxon and Nordic which is all Germanic mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly assitu- uh, associated with wisdom, smithing, mining, and crafting. Right. Doesn't go too much into it. It's just important to remember that they were a big part of uh, uh, Germanic mythology. Right. Um, and um, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and look up
0: what dwarves are in Tolkien, because that's actually an interesting story in and of itself. Yeah. yeah. In the Silmarillion, actually. Yeah,
1: let's go into that, actually, so we can talk about uh, their origins. Uh, They were also uh, in uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia in the books and the film. Mm -hmm. You had dwarves in that. uh... They were
0: a little bit more sinister in that, if I remember right. They were. They were,
1: Mm -hmm. which is actually a characteristic of them within certain realms of mythology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mythology was a lot of -of word-of-mouth stuff, so obviously... uh, uh, you don't have written record of a lot of stuff in Northern Europe prior to the Middle Ages. Right. Uh, I, I think a lot of it came with like the Frankish kings and all that other stuff when they started to... Uh, really, the Christianization of Northern Europe is when uh, recorded history of Northern Europe really started to develop outside of more than just the Roman perspective. Yeah, so the dwarves were, were a lot of folklore. Um, a lot of things that were just uh, basically just make it what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's also, this is just a a little thing, (laughs) dwarf, a little thing, Uh, uh, they're associated with what I would call uh, sleep paralysis, almost like a mare type of uh, character, Mm -hmm. not sleep paralysis, but like uh, nightmares, basically, Right. Uh, which is, you know, in in modern times, we know it as sleep paralysis, where you wake up and you can't move and you hallucinate dwarves and some uh, Anglo-Saxon folklore were associated with that so that's really? that's something that people would hallucinate and see basically okay. and I don't know how far it goes into what they actually believed what it was mm-hmm. but uh so that was one of their interpretations they of, always had uh, like the like the
0: rationalization from their from their point of view like yeah, oh, yeah and, I th- and i
1: think it has a lot to do with your culture right. and the things that you learn you know what you'll see in your dreams mm-hmm. or in your 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 and nightmares yeah Uh, draw inspiration from things that you've seen and then draw inspirations from things that have been passed down. I do believe in a certain extent of genetic memory. Right. Um, so I think that are, there are things that, that our ancestors may have feared, uh, for their life for good reason. Um, and we associate it with different images. Right. And so, uh, you know, so we see things with horns and things like that, and we think, oh, that's bad. Well, it's, it was something that could have killed our I ancestors thousands you're saying. of years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like something that, you know, it's like an evolutionary memory. It's like, yeah. Something that's passed down. And mm-hmm. you see the, the, the Assassin's, Assassin's Creed games yeah, yeah. delves into that. That's actually yep. a real like, theory of uh, genetic memory. Yeah. Genetic memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has to do with why we're afraid of certain things, why we're afraid of the dark. It
0: also goes into why some cultures believe in reincarnation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, because instinct comes from somewhere and instinct is just a term that we use for genetic memory. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been passed down, a, a trait that we have in our mind. Um, so I, I don't know if it's a trait that's really just carved into our mind from constant, uh, you know, just from the, uh, the survival of the fittest type of thing where, you know, the people who survived had this, you know, had this particular trait uh,
0: just because it's not necessarily better, but that's yeah, just what it is. It's, it's just what survived, it does and yeah. they
1: survived because of it. Mm-hmm. Or if it actually has to do with real genetic memory, like right. actually uh, memories that are formed in, in one of your ancestors' brain being passed down to you. I think that's where a lot of this folklore comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where a lot of the uh, uh, any, any kind of lore that you have or mythology that you mm-hmm. have for certain groups of people. I think it has a lot to do with uh, things being passed down from generation to generation, word of mouth, um, genetic memory, all kinds of things. Um, and it's all almost, if you'll notice a lot of these things, a lot of these religions, a lot of these, you know, what we call mythology today, they were also very heavily involved in, uh, either ancestor worship or, or ancestor honoring, Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that their gods and their beliefs and their lore and their, their things that they believed in, um, had a lot to do with things that were passed down, not only by word of mouth, but also through Just by actual heritage. instinct. Yeah. yeah. Um, to certain people. So I think that's where you see a lot of the, the things that we see within these lores coming from. Hmm. And uh, I don't know what that really has to do with anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, No, that's interesting. Uh, but I think that might also be why, you know, certain people have a certain passion for writing certain things. You know, maybe that, you know... They're predisposed um, either, just based on their Either past. that or they think they're predisposed because they believe the same way. You yeah, know what I mean? You, yeah. you never really know mm-hmm. what, it, what what the real answer is. Um, until they can find that real genetic memory and, and, and actually narrow it down on yeah. a chemical basis, mm-hmm. you know, we may not ever really know, you know, until so you can see the actual physical evidence itself. Yeah. But you can still study things and you can still look into certain patterns and theorize things and develop a well-educated, you know, theory that can and then become, you know, uh, considered the to be The fat. consensus, yeah, yeah,
0: th- yeah exactly. Like, um, you know, I, I, exactly. And then, you know, going back, you know, going back to dwarves and everything, like, uh, in the actual Silmarillion itself, the dwarf, um, like, where the dwarf came from is super interesting. Because, um, in the Silmarillion, um, elves and men were both kind of, uh, introduced, elves were introduced first, men was introduced second, but they were according to the planet Eru. Dwarves, yeah. not so much. Like, they're created, they were created by the Vala Aule, and he's the, um... He is the uh, Valar of skill and craftsmanship. Yeah. He's thematically... He, he's the creator of the Earth element. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he he developed the Earth element. Uh, he actually became impatient um, with the coming of the children of Iluvatar. Like, that's the elves and men. Yeah. And so he created to, the dwarves as his own children. Yeah. Um, But instead of destroying them or anything like that, uh, Eru actually allowed them to live but he actually said, "I want you to set them aside. I have my plan that I want you to do. But you know what? I'll let you keep your dwarves. I'll let you keep your children." He he created seven. He actually created seven dwarves. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, goes back to that again. And then he actually created it in a language for them as well. Uh, it's called Kuzdul in mm-hmm. the uh, tongue of the dwarves. Iluvatar confronted him, as opposed to uh, Morgoth, yeah, who kind of did his own thing regardless. Uh, in, in direct rebellion to Iluvatar, Ale offered up these things to Iluvatar out of a total just wanting to create yeah. of thing, uh, an idea
1: which was a characteristic of his yeah exactly so, which you can't really exactly you can't uh, but you can't you know
0: and uh iluvitar accepted them, and he gave them life however these fathers of the dwarves as these seven were called
1: yeah
0: um they had to wait until the elves first arrived yeah. and so they were laid to rest with men to till after elves came uh and then they were actually placed in various uh continents of middle earth and because they were created by this earth god that explains their uh, love of mining and jewels and just things in the earth that's why they live
1: underground such as moria and they have a desire to dig and just to be in the earth and things like that not only a lot of uh, mythology and stuff like that you see them associated with uh, you know craftsmanship and stuff like that but also in a lot of the uh, high fantasy yeah many times you'll see dwarves associated with very mountainous regions, mm-hmm. you know, places that are, uh, in, you know, that you can't access, mm-hmm. that other creatures can't access, things like that. Uh, I don't know if you ever played, uh, um, the, what is it, and Total War just to uh, Warhammer, Warhammer, you yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll see. I want to play those. that. I haven't played it yet. See a lot of care. I, I don't know anything about Warhammer, the universe mm-hmm. itself out outside of Total War, Warhammer. Mm-hmm. But you see a lot of those characteristics, like the uh, the dwarves live in these. Uh, Very mountainous regions that you can't go to. Basically, there's only certain paths that you can take to get there Mm -hmm. because they live in the in the mines and in the the mountains and stuff like that. Right. And then also they don't have like you can't build like a human settlement there or Uh like a elf settlement there because it's like there's nothing sustainable for you there. It's only sustainable for them. But um. I don't know where I got off on that, but that's a lot of what the yeah it's, are associated with. Yeah, as it, a,
0: it, it kind of carries over so. there, and then they they um, I imagine Warhammer probably took a lot of inspiration. I know Warhammer and um, uh, World of Warcraft they take a lot of inspiration from Tolkien literature, yes, and it, yes. a lot of that stuff is not in the public domain, so it's 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 cool. But yeah, it's interesting that they have those characteristics of being yeah. very hardy people. My that's probably my favorite like. Uh, uh, race in Lord of the Rings is the dwarves, just because of the humor that's associated with them. They're kind of more easygoing. Yeah, they're more just and just they're more. I guess they're simpler. I guess it would be a term, just like they like they not to the it. extent of hobbits. No, that
1: not definitely... not to that extent. But
0: not they're they're not quite so they high up their their, like mountains. they have their minds yeah. and that's
1: what they want to keep. And you know, I can re-
0: I can definitely know. relate to that on a certain level. So they, that's why I enjoy them.
1: They have their things and if you try to threaten their things, they're going to fight you for it. Mm-hmm. But that's all they really want. They're not seeking to they're not they're not building empires and doing stuff like that. They want their jewels, they want their treasure. Half the
0: reason yeah. they went to Erebor, the Lonely Mountain, in the Hobbit is because of that huge treasure trove that was yeah. owed them. It wasn't because they wanted yeah. them. It wasn't because they wanted to conquer anything; they just wanted to get what was theirs.
1: Yeah, and it was their ancestral home. Too, yeah,
0: exactly. So, like, so it was something that very
1: traditionalist, to... mm-hmm. very, very traditionalist. Very, uh, you could you could tell just by the way that they dress, the way that they talk, the beards, everything like that. Right. Very traditional, like masculine mm-hmm. society where people are, are hard men. You know, like mm-hmm. you know. So
0: um... even the women in in dwarves culture are very hardened and things. like Yeah, that. you don't see a lot of that in in the actual tolkien universe but uh a lot of a lot about the dwarfish women in tolkien universe but you know there's a lot of speculation yes but yeah
1: uh there's not a lot of uh in in actual mythology uh if any there's not hardly any reference to a specifically female dwarf yeah uh dwarves are generally associated with uh being masculine it's like aren't they like generated like they come like
0: I've heard they spring from the ground, or oh, that, that was that's that was one, the, that's the myth in in Lord of the Rings,
1: anyway. Yeah, yeah that's one interpretation as yeah. well. But it's like I said, a lot of it is not. You can't nail down exactly what people thought of it because it's just word of mouth, and it's just right. Um, so basically, you know, your mythologies come from one guy saying, "I saw a dwarf mm-hmm. do this," and right. Uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, you get the characteristics of the dwarves based off of the story that this person... So they all have. compile it together, yeah. and that becomes and then, the and legend. Then, and then you can have contradictory uh, traits within the legend, right. just because someone's making it up as they go along. You mm-hmm. know? And because you don't have written official record, you know, you, what, what do you go by? A dwarf can be one thing if you're from what's now modern-day Germany, and a totally different thing if you're from what's now modern-day uh, Holland or, yeah. or um, the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. Or any of those other Germanic States, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, you know, so, so that that whole thing that adds on to it, you know, what they really are. Right. It, yeah. There's no absolute truth yeah, because it's, it's not real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or it's not proven. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think we're offending anyone by saying dwarves are fake. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're I mean... called little people now. <laughs> <laughs> they're not fake. <laughs> oh my goodness, what are we doing? I think we, <laughs>
0: uh, you know what? I think that's a good note
1: to end on. <laughs> yes, yeah, just the shot at little people. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna,
0: ra- we're gonna put that bow on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good little, good little exclamation point right there. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, once again, I'm Seamus. I'm Caleb, and this has been Silmeridians. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Silver And we really appreciate all the support we've been getting lately. All the feedback, the follows, the listens. It makes a lot of difference to us. Uh, be sure to follow us at Silver on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And be sure to email us at SilverIdiots at gmail.com. Once again, guys, we really appreciate the support. Like, it makes a lot of difference to us. We wouldn't be where we are without you guys. And yeah, just thanks again. All right, we'll see you next time.